Thank you for joining us for this message today. If you're new to the church or want to connect in any way, check us out at harborcitychurch.org. We would love to connect with you. Thank you so much. And with that, let's jump into the message. Worship you, bless you, magnify you. Oh, Father, we just thank you for this morning. We thank you that you have begun a good work in us. You've begun a good work in us today and this morning. We thank you for the, the privilege and the freedom, Lord, to, to worship you today. We ask also, Lord, for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you today, that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened, that we would know the hope of your calling and what are the riches of the glorious of the inheritance in the saints. What is the exceeding greatness of your power toward us that believe according to the working of your mighty power, which you worked in Christ when you raised him from the dead and seated him at your own right hand in the heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And you gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all, in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated today. Now, the presence of the Lord is here this morning. Well, God has begun something, and I'm confident he's going to complete it in our lives today. Amen. My name is, if you don't know me, my name is Cameron Luft, and I'm the youth pastor here at Harbor City Church. My wife was here playing the keyboard. Jennifer, didn't she do a wonderful job this morning? The whole team did. I'm just amazed at what my wife does. And when I, she committed to marrying me, I'm pretty sure I got the better end of that deal. How many of you, how many of you guys would agree about that with your own wife? Your wife got the, the better end of that deal. Now, the funny thing is my wife would actually agree with me right now. All right. You guys are doing good today? Pastor Doug's birthday is coming up. This What is the day on that? Is it t- Tuesday this week? He is turning... 55 years old. He's no, I don't know. I don't. I, I could probably guess his real age. I'm not gonna do that. Wish him a happy birthday. Go on Facebook. Send him a card. Maybe get him a gift. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. I don't. I don't think he'd refuse. But he hasn't asked me to say that. Just so you know. No, bless. How many of you love our pastors, Pastor Doug and Lois? Come on, they are awesome. They planted this church. They've been in this community for years. They love the harbor, and we love them. Amen. Good. Well, as the youth pastor, uh, I get to announce that there is going to be a youth conference this Saturday. Come on, Angela. It's going to be awesome. Middle schoolers and high schoolers, grades 6 through 12, it's going to be in Olympia at Evergreen Christian Community. I believe that's what it's called. And they can seat up to 400 in there. So if you'd like to come, talk to me. Eric and Anna, will you guys raise your hands? There are youth leaders as well. And you can talk to them, talk to me. And uh, it's $35. Come on down this Saturday. The van will be leaving here from 8 a- at 8 a.m., getting back at 5 p.m. 35 bucks. Some scholarships are available. So if you're like, I don't, know, I don't think I have the money, but I want to come, you're coming. There is a way for you to come. So do that. Sound good? It's going to be great for our youth to be able to get back together 
and to have some worship together, have some word together, have some food together. All right. Well, the title of today's message is Come Forth. It's on the board, I think. Yes, it is. Before I get into that, I just want to share a a quick encouragement with you. It was on my heart to share this this week. In Psalm 23, verse 4, it says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. How many of you know we're walking through right now as a, as a city, as a country, uh, and globally, we're walking through the valley of the shadow of death. But the psalmist says, but I will fear no evil because you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I want you to know that we get through this together. At the end of the day, the church wins. We always win. God always leads us out in triumph in Christ Jesus. So I want you to be encouraged. We're not going to camp out in the valley. We're not hanging out in the valley. We're not going to live and die in the valley. We are going through the valley. Amen. There's always an end to the valley. Come on. All right. The title of the message, as I've already said, is Come Forth. How many of you have ever heard about Lazarus in the Bible? I, I looked up the name Lazarus to see if it had some big profound meaning, and I didn't actually find anything about Lazarus. It was so memorable, I don't remember what it meant, but it didn't mean like, anyways, resurrected child or the one who kills death or something like that. Anyways, that's a pretty weird thought, isn't it? Amen. Lazarus. Jesus loved Lazarus. Lazarus had two sisters, Mary and Martha. Lazarus was going to die. Mary and Martha send to Jesus. Jesus, come and help our brother. Jesus hears that and decides to tarry a little longer. He doesn't go see Lazarus. Lo and behold, Lazarus dies. And they come to him. Now, picking up in your notes, John 11, verse 38 through 44 Then Jesus, again groaning in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay against it. There is no obstacle too big in your life for God to get to you. I don't care if there's any stones laid against your situation. I don't care if there's anything blocked up in your path. Jesus came and saw the stone. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to Jesus, Lord, by this time there is a stench, for he has been dead for days. Now, I don't know if the stench would be the, the, the least of my concern, the first of my concern, if my brother was in there, and I'm thinking Jesus is about to do something. But Jesus said to her, watch this, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God. How many of you know that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? He didn't just say, hey, you will see the glory of God. He said, if you believe, you will see the glory of God. How many of you know there's always an element of faith in our faith, in our Christian faith? I believe this is a great word for us this morning. Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God. How many of you like to see the glory of God, the power of God, the presence of God, the activity of God in your lives? Well, this, this word is just as true for us today as it was then. 
Hey, if you believe, you will see the glory of God. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me, and I know that you always hear me. How many of you know that God listened to the prayers of the Son? How many of you think that God heard the prayers of Jesus? Do you know that he, your heavenly Father also hears your prayers as well? You could, you could actually say, Father, I thank you that you hear me, and I thank you that you always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now, when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. Now, I like what the scholar Dr. Kevin Connor said. He made this, he said this thought, he wrote this. If Jesus would have just gone to the tomb and said, come forth, every dry bone, every dead bone would have come out of the cave that day. Come on. But he said, Lazarus, come forth. He knew Lazarus, didn't he? And he was calling Lazarus forth. You know, the heavens and the earth were created by the word of God. God simply spoke, let there be light, and light was. He can merely speak to a dead thing and say, hey, Lazarus, you're dead. Come on out. And that dead thing needs to obey him. But I do believe that even today, there are some Lazaruses sitting in here. And I believe the prophetic word for you is, whatever your name is, you, 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 come forth. God is calling you. I'm going to say it just like God did. Come forth. Come forth today. Come forth from bondage. Come forth from depression. Come on out of the tube. I don't care if you've been shut up. Stuck up, busted up, messed up, jacked up in the tomb. And there might be a stone over that tomb of your life. But guess what? Come forth. Come forth today. Hallelujah. Do you know that Jesus is still active today, right? How God, John 10.10. 10, uh, actually, not John 10.10. 10, Acts 10.38. How God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth. He went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil because God was with him. Jesus still is still here and present with us today, doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. <clears throat> Verse 44. And he who had died came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes. He is bound hand, foot. His face is even wrapped with the cloth. Jesus, now watch this, Jesus said to them, Jesus said to th them, loose him and let him go. Now, I thought, well, that's weird. Why, did, why didn't, was Jesus getting kind of lazy that day? Maybe he's a little tired. Guys, I'd walk over there to Lazarus, but he smells kind of funky, actually. He's been in there, like you mentioned, for four days. He does stink a little bit. My feet are kind of tired anyways. Why don't you boys go ahead and do that? Why don't you, you go? I, I, I got better things to do. No, this, there's actually significance. It's very symbolic what he did. Jesus wants to involve us in the ministry of loosing. 
He could have gone over and released Lazarus, but guess what? There's many of you that are able that God is calling on you. In your notes, number two, we are the body of Christ. He is the head, and we are the body, and the head is not separate from the body, and the body is not separated from the head, and we are his hands, and we are his feet, and there are many Lazaruses, and there are many that are bound up, and God could have done it himself, and Jesus could have done it himself, but he's calling on the body of Christ, and he called on the disciples, I want you to do something. He told them, he's telling you, I want you to go and set him free. Come on. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. I love the fact that we get to be involved with Jesus in the ministry of setting captives free. I suppose even today as I'm sharing about this story and telling you and challenging you and encouraging you to come forth, I'm just another one of them that Jesus called on to go and set Lazarus free. Jesus commissioned his followers to loose him and let him go. This becomes, this is a great example of the role of the church today. You know, back in the day when I first started ministering, I remember one, one Sunday the, the pastor was, gonna leave, was leaving town and the worship director left town. And they called on me and said, Cameron, will you, will you speak the sermon? Absolutely. And the worship director said, I'm gone. Will you? Do the worship service, absolutely. And so I did the worship service that morning. One time, have you ever heard me lead worship up here? It wasn't at this church, but I think I led a couple times, but not really my strength. But I was willing to give it the old college try. And I gave it the college try, and I led the, led the church in worship. And then I preached the sermon. And then I did the offering. And then I took communion. And then I called all that were sick. And then I laid hands on the sick. Nobody else. I got this. This is my ministry. I'm doing this. And, I, and then I raised people from the dead. Okay, I didn't actually do that. I would have. And then I think it was the worship director said, the thing you do is not wise. Do you know that we are called as the body of Christ? God is calling all of us to be active in ministry. Matthew 10, verse 1. When he had called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. You know, Jesus is transferring his power and his authority to us as believers. Do you know that he has commissioned you to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease? Mark 16, verse 17 through 18. And these signs will follow... Those who believe. Who do signs follow? Just the apostle? Just the prophet? Just the evangelist? Just the pastor? Just the teacher? No, these signs follow those who believe. The question for you is, are you a believing believer? Which sounds like sort of an oxymoron, right? I'm just looking for a few believers that actually believe. These signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly. Now, he's not challenging you to go and drink some poisons and see what happens. But if you did, it will by no means hurt them. You remember the apostle Paul got, he was out ministering. I think it was on the island of Cyprus. A viper comes out, like bites him on the arm. 
everybody's looking at him like he's going to fall over dead. And they're like, surely this guy's some thief or some bad, he's done some bad thing. And this is his, his recompense. This is what's happening to him. He shakes the viper off into the fire. Paul didn't fall over and die. And then they changed their mind. Probably he's a god. And then they worshiped him. So that's how fickle they were. But if you drink anything deadly, it would by no means hurt you. Watch this. These signs will follow those who believe. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Did you know that these signs will follow you who believe? Not just Jesus. Jesus did all these great works, but he said, but I've got to go. But if I go, I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going to send you another helper. I'm going to send you another comforter. He'll, be, he'll both be with you and he will be in you. The works that I do, he said, you will do also. And greater works than these will you do because I go to my Father. He's commissioning us to be them that set the captives free. He's telling us to loose them and let them go. He's telling us to cast out demons. He's commissioning us, lay hands on the sick. Surely they will recover. Now, when you come in in the morning, you see some of the hand sanitizer because, you know, hands are an interesting. They, they, they transfer things, don't they? A lot of people, we're, we're nervous. They, they transfer sickness. But Jesus said, you know what? Your hands are actually made for healing. You're going to lay hands on the sick and not make them sick. You're going to lay hands on the sick. And they're going to recover. We're not transferring sickness and disease. We're transferring life and health. Jesus gave us this ministry. That's what we believe. Come on. We believe we have that ministry. We are the ones at Lazarus' tomb that Jesus said, he said to them, loose him and let him go. We're the loosers. Did I say that right? That's pretty close, isn't it? We're the loosers. You have Lazarus and the loosers. All right. You guys are doing okay? Everybody's happy? All right. Where are we at? I got way off track. I got so far off. I got point three before point two, and now I did that verse, and okay. All right. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 through 12. It says, And Jesus himself... Gave some, well, I, I missed verse 10. I wish I would have had that. When Jesus ascended, it says, he gave gifts to men. This is, they're called the ascension gifts. When Jesus ascended, he gave gifts to men. He gave some to be apostles, some prophets. It's on the board, yeah? Some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the work of the ministry. Is that what it says? No. Yeah, somebody got to call me out. Don't, can't let me do that to you. He didn't just give the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher for the work of the ministry. He gave them for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. Who are the saints? You are. You're the, yeah, everybody. You're the believers. You're the saints. You're the accepted and the beloved. You are the ones. You are the hand. You are the feet. You are the ones that are setting the captives free. You are now the one, you are the ones now that take the grave clothes off of Lazarus. I got born again at the age of 20, about 23 years old, and I, my, my pastor's parents had a little apartment for rent, and so I moved in with my pastor's, my pastor's parents, and I lived in this basement down below, and some of you have heard my testimony, and I had been gone through suicidal tendencies, and 
I was depressed and I was anxious and I'd kind of hunker down in this little apartment. I'd, all the curtains would be closed. It was rare that any light would come into my place, sort of symbolic of my, my actual being. Yes, I would eat food. Yes, I would go to work and stuff. But in general, I just kind of, after work, I'd come home and I'd sort of, sort of, sort of hide out. My, once in a while, my good friend, the best man at my wedding, Jason, he'd come over and he'd like come in and like, Let's get some windows open over here. You start opening the blinds, and light would come and hit me in the eye, and I'd be a little disoriented. Well, I'd be down there for a few days, and finally the, the, the pastor's mom, who I rented from, I'd hear a little knock on my apartment door. Hey, that works. Hello? Uh, and then she'd say, hey, Cameron, you've been down there for a few days. Uh, we haven't really seen you. Would you like to come out for dinner? Okay, I'll come out for dinner. And I had a lot of moms in the church. Anybody ever had a church mom? They just, I was Cameron. I was in my early 20s. I was single. So they all cared for me and made me cookies and made me dinners and stuff. And I went up for dinner. And then they would ask me, well, how, how have you been doing? Well, I haven't been doing that good. I've been, I've been depressed and I've been anxious. And they begin to minister to me. And they begin to share the Bible with me. And they begin to pray for me. And little by little, as I had come out of my Lazarus tomb, they begin to slowly, through prayer and attention and love and, and comfort, slowly unwrap the bonds and the bondages that were on my life. Do you know that's a great picture of the body of Christ? You know, the body of Christ is here for you. I believe many have come in here today, and there's your, your wrap-up. Maybe you're wrapped up all the way from your foot to your hands, and maybe even your head is wrapped up, and you don't know what to do. Well, I'm here to tell you, as the body of Christ, we're here to help loose you and set you free. Jesus has given us the ministry. Remember, he's equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. There are two groups of people here today. Some of you have come in like a Lazarus, and you've been in that tomb, and you've been in bondage. But some of you have been set free. You were a Lazarus. You were like me, but you've attained some freedom in your life, and you're no longer a Lazarus but you're a looser. We have Lazarus and the losers here today. Now, I like, number, did I get to my note? Uh, unwrapping, thank you, my wife's been in the back, no. Unwrapping is a process. How many of you have, have ever come out like a fully, you gave your life to Jesus and you're like this fully formed Christian? Boom, ready to take and tackle on the world. But if you're like me, you found that Christianity is more of a process and it's more of a marathon, isn't it? The Bible says, as newborn babes in Christ sincerely desire the pure milk of the word that you can grow thereby. When we give our lives to Jesus, we're like a newborn babe, but in the process of time, by the milk of the word, we grow and we mature and we become more fully functional and operational. All right. We have two people represented in the story of Lazarus. We have Lazarus and we have the losers. Lazarus symbolizes, now watch me, some of you might find yourself a Lazarus today. Bound up with depression, anxiety, or mental illness. And by the way, I'll tell you, I've, I've fought that, that nasty spirit of depression. The Bible actually talks about in Isaiah 8, he wants to give you oil of joy for the spirit of heaviness. Heaviness can be like a spirit, yeah? The Bible says that. Some of you can be, but there's victory over that. I, got, I stand here. I'm telling you, I used to hide out down in the cave at, my, at the rental house. They came and they, they unwrapped me. They unwrapped me little by little. Here's some word. There's some word. There's some prayer. 
there, here, here's some prayer. There's some prayer. There's freedom for you. Who the Son sets free is free indeed. You don't have to stay in that cave. There's victory for you. But you're like that Lazarus, bound up with depression, anxiety, or mental illness. Maybe you're struggling with drug or alcohol addiction. And I'll tell you, if that's you, you're in the right place. Because we're not here to condemn you. We're here to help you. If anything, we are cheering you on that you decided, you know what, I don't feel right. Maybe I've made some decisions that that you're not feeling good about, but you said, I am going to come to the house of the Lord because I'm like a Lazarus and I've been bound up and we are receiving you. We're accepting you saying, we understand where you're at and we want it. We know that you want to be somewhere else and we're here to help you, help unwrap you in that process and get you where you need to be in life. We are for you, not against you. There is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. We are so glad that you're here today. Lazarus also symbolizes poor self-image, identity issues. You don't even know who you are. God knows who you are. Before I formed you in the womb, he says, I knew you. He knew everything about you when he formed you in the womb. He knew you. He had a plan for your life, a purpose for your life, a destiny for your life. You don't know, not yet, but you can know, and we're here to help you do that. Lazarus symbolizes those suffering from oppression from the enemy of our soul. Lazarus also symbolizes some of you have been physically or emotionally abused. And those are, those are real, real wounds. Some wounds are on the surface. Some wounds are physical. But some wounds are emotional and they're internal. And you're probably the only one that knows about him or can sense him. Well, you know, Jesus can even reach his hand all the way down into the center of your being, and he'll heal you and deliver you to the uttermost. Every inch, every fabric of your being, spirit, soul, and body. You know the scripture. Beloved, I pray above all things that you may be in health and prosper, even as your soul prospers. Total life prosperity for you. He wants to touch every part of your being. All right, so you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm like that, but what can I do? Here's what I want you to do. This is why we as the church, the body of Christ, are here for you. Commit to coming to church on a weekly basis. This is a place for you to begin the freedom and the unwrapping process in your life. We have fresh start classes. There's a Connect Center in the lobby. You can go to sign up for a fresh start class there every Sunday during the second service. You can go to equip classes. You can learn about your giftings, your personality. Are you an extrovert? Are you an introvert? Do you like to intercede? Do you have more of a mercy gift? Do you want, do you want to pray for the sick? Do you want to start a small group and get to learn about you? We have city groups. Join a small group for weekly fellowship and prayer. When I went up to those my renter's house, or I was renting from them, and they began to just pray and make me some food and pray for me and read scripture. That was kind of like the nucleus of a small group. Helping to set me free. What else can you do? Come to the Wednesday night prayer meetings. This last Wednesday night, we had a time of praying for those who were sick. Some of had financial needs. We prayed for those. If you're like a Lazarus, you, you know that you can receive pastoral care ministry. You can call the church and say, I would like to speak with a pastor. And pastors are here ready to meet with you, talk with you, pray with you. Harbor City Youth. How many Harbor City Youth do we have in here this morning? 
That was my wife. She totally faked it. I love it. I love it. Hey, I, well, she is a part of the youth. But I saw one in the back. That's great. Serenity in the first service gave a loud shout, and then I promised her I'd pay her five bucks later. So, <laughs> Eric, she's going she's gonna to hold me up on that all week long. You know that, right? Yeah. Thank you, Angela. We have kids ministry for children. We have celebrate recovery for those dealing with addiction. You can also phone a friend. We are here for you. We want to set the Lazarus free in this house. God has called us as the body of Christ. He's the head. We're the body. And he has equipped us for ministry to you. Now, some of you like, Cameron, this is really great, but I'm not really Lazarus. And all is good and all is well. So what about me? Perfect. I've got an assignment for you. You get to be one of them, one of the losers that sets Lazarus free. You can start a city group. Some of you have been praying, Lord, should I start a city group? Here's the word for you. Yes, it's time for you. You wanted that word from the pulpit. Here it is. Start the city group. Volunteer to help out as an usher, a greeter. Work in children's ministry. One of my favorite things about being a looser is just being organic. Not everything has to be a program. One of my favorite things to do is call a friend and say, hey, let's go down for a cup of coffee. Let's take a walk together. And out of that time, just doing life together organically, you get to share your lives and share what's on your heart and minister and pray for one another be organic. Can you say amen? We have Lazarus and the losers. Losers, I'd like to invite the worship team to come up right now. Here's a final verse. In John chapter 12, verse 9 through 11, it says this. Now a great many of the Jews knew that he was there. That's Jesus. And they came... Not for Jesus' sake only, but that, they, but that they might also see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. But the chief priest plotted to put Lazarus to death also. Why? Because on account of him, Lazarus, many of the Jews went away and believed in Jesus. I believe as you commit to the process of coming to church and getting set free and getting loosed and getting unwrapped, that many are going to believe and many are going to be set free because of your testimony. Your neighbors are going to see and believe. Your coworkers are going to see and believe. You're going to be a great testimony to the church. In your notes, your test becomes your testimony. Your mess becomes your message. I believe that as you are set free, you become a witness in this world. Can you say amen? And the Bible says this, and they overcame him, that's the devil, by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. God is going to give you your very own testimony. And you are going to be an overcomer. And you are going to be set free. And you are going to be loosed. And you're going to be, go from being loosed to being a looser. One that sets others free. Can you, can you say amen to that? All right. Let's bow our heads and pray. Lord, we just thank you right now for the ministry of your word. Because your word brings life. Your word is sweet to our soul. It's good to our ears. It's good to our mind. It feeds our spirit. If there's anybody here who has 
not accepted Jesus into their lives, and maybe you felt like you were, you were Lazarus and you've been, you've been stuck in that cave and you have been bound up, well, we know that we can pass from death to life. The Bible says, and you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sin. You might be dead in your trespasses and sin, but he's here to make you alive and call you out of that tomb like Lazarus. I wanna give you an opportunity. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ into your heart, I'm gonna invite you to raise your hand and we're gonna pray for you where you are. Would you raise your hand, every head bowed, and you would like to invite Jesus into your life? I wanna pray for you right now. This is your moment. This is Jesus stands at the door of your heart and knocks. If any man opens his heart, I will come in and be with him. Jesus is here. He's here to set free. He's here to make you a brand new creation in Christ Jesus. Don't let this moment slip. He is here. I want to pray for you right now. Is there anybody who would like to invite Jesus into their life? All right. Amen. We'll, we'll leave it at that. I want to pray for you. Father, I thank you for this congregation right now. Lord, I thank you that you've come to give us life, give it more abundantly, Lord. We thank you for what you've done today in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to continue in worship. I'd like everybody to stand as we do another worship song. I would like the prayer team to come forward this morning. And if you are one that you came in with some heaviness or some bondages, or you just need some prayer, you just need to have someone agree with you in prayer, I invite you to come forward to our prayer team at the altar this morning as we do another worship song. Thank you for joining us today. We have a lot of great resources for you over at harborcitychurch.org. Come check us out, and I hope you have an awesome week.